welcome to the Juice Bar Experts podcast, where we are going to give you tips, tools, strategies for launching a new juice bar or scaling and increasing the profitability and efficiency in your existing juice bar. I'm your host, Andrew McFarlane. For the last 10 years, I've been in the juice bar business, running my own juice bars, as well as helping hundreds of entrepreneurs all around the world launch successful juice businesses. So without further ado, let's get into it. Right, welcome to this episode. I'm excited to talk about the money side of things because clearly if you're getting into this business or you're starting any business, you got to be able to know how you're going to make money. And sometimes it also helps to understand how much money should you be making. Um, I've had people that I've come across, clients, friends who have businesses, and they've been in business for, my gosh, sometimes decades and they're still not making enough money for them to get out of working in the business. And a lot of that comes down to the mindset. A lot of it comes down to the business model. It comes down to a lot of things. But I just want to talk to you guys about some facts and some figures and, and just overall expand your mindset and give you some insight into maybe some of the ways that you're thinking that your business might be making, you know, be able to make more money than you think it will. And then times where maybe your business isn't making as much money as it should be making. So, First, I want to talk about the different business models, right? Because people uh, have sometimes an overly optimistic and sometimes unrealistic vantage point around smaller scale juice businesses. And, and for me, granted, I was in the same situation. I at one point believed, because I, I was probably too naive when I first started my business 10 years ago to really think about the numbers, I just figured, okay, well, if I start a juice truck, I should make enough money and eventually I'll be able to start a store. You know, it's a business, right? You think that anybody who's in business that's doing well must be making a lot of money, but you don't really have any perspective if you aren't mature as a business owner to know how much money you're actually talking about. So for me, I remember when we launched our truck, we were doing probably as good as any truck could do. I mean, we were selling out of our juice most days. And that meant that we were doing somewhere between an $800 and $1,000 a day. I mean, we could give an $1,100 a day or a $1,200 a day. That was excessive. That was just like insane at the time. But most of the time, we'd maybe do a $30,000 month, give or take. That meant that after all of our expenditures, we might have taken home as a company six grand. Now, for me early on, I would have thought that if I have a very successful juice truck, I should be able to make enough money to open a store in a very short period of time, maybe a year. And when you're making six grand a month, granted, you got your own personal expenses, you have to live as well. And so let's say even if that's three grand a month, and if you have a business partner, you're splitting it 50 50, that's all your money. So, you know, with two people, that's only, what is that, $36,000 a year per person. It's not much, right? So if you really want to scale a business, and I'm speaking to this mo in this moment to people who haven't started their businesses yet, or maybe you are uh, you know, doing farmer's markets or deliveries or whatever it is, a lot of people take this route because one, it seems like it's lower risk, but two, I think in the back of a lot of people's minds, they believe that they're going to make enough money to eventually open a store, and that's almost never the case. 
because, like I said before, in a situation where you are doing 30 grand a month, which is, you know, we are doing $100 a day, 100 orders a day, give or take, and that's a lot of volume for a small scale business. For a store, it's not a ton of volume, but for a small scale business, it's a lot of volume. And so the first thing that I want to talk about is really just for people to have realistic expectations when they're getting into the business. And then also if you're, you're running the business, know that yes, if you start in this smaller scale, you're eventually going to need to raise money to get to the next phase of your business. And it can be attractive, it can be helpful if you do start at a smaller scale, but don't think you're gonna get rich unless you've got multiple trucks or you're doing multiple farmers markets. And you know, I know people who run businesses this way. It's all about scale because as I said before is when you're in food service, you're in, the, you're in a high volume, low margin business, meaning that you've got to sell a lot because your, your, in, your income per product isn't like, you know, let's think of another, you know, like jewelry. You know, that's, that's a lower volume, higher um, profit margin business. With juice and food, you're talking about, okay, per bottle that I sell, I might make two, three dollars, right? That's it. So you got to figure out if you want to make a lot of money, how to get to larger scale. Now let's talk about graduating because for us, we graduated from the truck eventually into having a few stores after our first store. That's when we started to see, okay, this is starting to make sense. This is, this is starting to get, become worth our energy. But it's so funny too, because I always thought that running a smaller scale business would be easier. But if anybody has done it out there, if you guys have seen it, it's actually easier to have a larger business because you get all the economies of scale. When you have a smaller business, you're doing all the work yourself. You can't afford to delegate to other people. Whereas when you have a larger business, you've got a bigger staff. Yes, you have different challenges in managing people, but assuming that you're good at that and you hire the right people, everything just gets easier if you're making money. So it's all about that threshold and getting to a certain volume. And for us, we were in a place where, you know, we would average about somewhere between 60,000 and sometimes $70,000 a month. And then we'd have a net profit of, you know, around between 18 to 22,000, give or take. So um, really be aware that you can make a significant, you can make a better, a good amount of money. I shouldn't say a significant because it's all relative, um, but it's all about scale. And so, you know, I had a conversation with a young woman this morning and she was just saying my business isn't making what I want it to make. I know that there's companies out there doing far better than I am. And the reasons behind that could be quite varied. I mean, there could be a multitude of things, but yes, you know, a juice bar, the ones that we see that are doing really, really well, they're gonna gross over a million dollars a year. Sometimes around 1.2 million a year. That's a, that would be considered, in my experience, a high volume juice bar. And the thing that you gotta realize as well is when you start to make more money, your net income goes up because your fixed costs percentage-wise go down. Your rent's not gonna fluctuate whether you make a lot of money or a little money, and so the more money you make, the less your rent costs you. You get economies of scale in your ordering. You get economies of scale in your, your labor. So many things start to, um, start to work in your favor the more money you can make. So it's always about, you know, in my eyes, dual purpose, increasing your income so that you can in increasing your gross income so that you can increase your net and also managing expenses. And so 
you know, really what you want to think about is how can you get to scale, which is why you will see some companies come into the market and they'll open up five, ten stores before they've even made a dollar because they know that it's really a volume game that uh, you really – and not to say that your business shouldn't be profitable as soon as possible, but they know that once they get to scale, two things work in their benefit. One, they have market saturation in their favor to discourage other people from coming in, and two – They've got a larger um, sort of pie that they've grown that they can kind of pick from. And so it, it works. It can work for and against. I mean, I've also seen companies who have opened up 12, 15 stores, go out of business after a couple of years because they weren't able to get around to managing their finances. Things kind of got out of hand. And so there's an art form to both of these models. But, you know, what I want to say is that if you have a store uh, – you, you're, yeah, if you're going to invest upwards of $100,000, if you're going to do it right, uh, in my perspective, y yes, there are rare occasions people do go in for 50 grand and things like this. That's okay. Great if you can do it. That's not normal, um, but it can be done in rare circumstances. Uh, but you really want to make sure that you invest the right amount of capital to give your business momentum. Sometimes the things that you think you're saving money on, whether it's the aesthetics of a business or having someone develop the right menu or hiring a marketing firm, right? Because we do marketing for clients as well. There's all kinds of things that we do for clients that help bring them in more income. But a lot of times as a business owner, you have to really understand the difference in the nuance of events that are really having an impact on your business. Sometimes you don't realize what your core customer service is actually costing you. Sometimes you don't realize what your core marketing is actually costing you because you don't have a frame of reference. You don't know what it's like if your marketing is amazing, how much more money you can actually make. You don't know what it's like if your, you know, the decor of your environment is actually more beautiful, how much more people it will attract. It's hard to measure those things, right? Because you only see what you see. And so, you know, a lot of times I use this analogy. I talk about um, different kinds of entrepreneurs and different mindsets that they have and there's you know the equivalent of let's say someone who has a taco stand and then the person who runs Taco Bell you know granted both of these people are in the taco business but one is in an is is actually in a totally different realm in terms of their thinking process their attention to detail and granted their overall income you know someone is actually dominating that market and so how do you get to the point where you start to think about your business in a new way so you can make more money and you know, that's a, that's a longer conversation. But overall, what I want to say is that, you know, a couple, couple metrics to look at when you're running this kind of business to see how much money you should be making. First and foremost, let's start with your rent because you, if you have a location or you're looking at locations, that's sort of a fixed number that you can build on top of. So your rent, you don't want your rent to be more than 10% of your gross income. So if you're at five grand a month, you want to be at 50 grand in terms of your gross income. You're at 10 grand a month, you want to be at 100 grand. Now, granted, if you're at 10 grand a month, you can afford to be at somewhere around $80,000 um, because even though your net percentage will go down, your overall income will be increased because the size of the pie is larger. So it's not, a, it's not a perfect rule, but this is a general average just to put some perspective in. If your rent's lower, let's say you're at 1000 bucks a month, then you don't want your rent to be more than 7%. Ideally, it's 5%, right? Because you're you're not going to make that much money for it to be worth your time, not in my perspective. Maybe in, in other people's perspective, but, you know, running a business might not be a 
it's not a walk in the park. And so you want to make sure it's worth your time, effort, and energy. And so it's all about increasing your income as much as possible. And sometimes getting into locations that might cost you a little bit more money in rent might do that. Not always. It's not a golden rule. Just because you spend more doesn't mean it's going to make you more money. But sometimes it is the case. And so um, that's, that's in terms of rent. Let's look at labor. I was having another conversation with a prospective client this morning. And their food costs were at 30%. Their labor was about 25%. Not terrible, but not, not perfect, right? And this is 25% labor with them working in the store. So really, if you're working in a store you're la- and you're functioning as a manager, your labor should be much less. It should be around 20%, right? Whereas if you're, because you want your labor to be around 25% if you're not working in a store. If you've got a GM, then it depends what amount of money the manager is going to pay you. 25% is good, okay? But if you're working in the store, you don't want to be at 25%. Now, granted, you're in different countries, there's different labor laws, there's so many things. But most people don't manage their labor well, and it took me a long time to do that as well. I think I mentioned in another episode, when we got good at managing our labor, I remember looking at our profit and loss year over year, and we made an extra $100,000 just on labor from going from 35% to 25%. That 10% made us a lot of money. And so you got to look at your situation and and know that you're managing your labor well. And and as well, that's a bigger conversation. If you need support with that, reach out to us. Uh, But then let's look at your food costs. You know, somewhere at... 35% 35% seeing people there, that's not good. It's not terrible, but you're not going to make a lot of money in your business if you're at a food cost of 35%. If you're at 25%, much better. Anything anything above and beyond that, icing on the cake, you're doing amazing. But 25% is good. Now, how do you decrease it? We're going to talk about this quickly. How do you decrease your food cost percentage? One of two ways. Increase the prices on your products. A lot of people are resistant to do, and I'm going to do a whole podcast episode about that. Um, but the other thing is make sure you can control your costs. If your menu's not costed out, once again, we can help you. you got to do that. You have to have your menu costed out because you can't control your costs if you don't have everything outlined in the detailed spreadsheet so you know that every ingredient costs. Because once you, once you know that, once you know what your costs are per ingredient in each recipe, you know what's draining your funds. You know what's costing you a lot of money, and you can make subtle shifts here and there. You know, if you got two ounces of kale on this drink and it's really popular and you know it's killing you because it's a forty percent product or a thirty-five percent or thirty percent, maybe you can reduce by five percent by reducing that two ounces of kale to one ounce. Right? You need to be able to know what your controls are, and you can't control things if you don't know what what your costs are. So. That's what I want to say. I mean, there's you know there's other small categories, um, but those are the big ones. And then, like I said before, in, in, in order to increase your income, you know, marketing. How much would you be spending on marketing per month? This is an interesting question because you know, in the context of, of of increasing your income and just money as a whole, depends on what phase of business you're in. If you haven't saturated your market fully, meaning that people were, are, who are within a reasonable travel distance from your store, they live across the street, they're in the neighborhood, and they're walking in six months later or or beyond, anything beyond six months, and they're saying, oh, I didn't know you were here, or, oh, yeah, I saw you, but I haven't come in. That means that your marketing, you haven't really done a strong enough marketing push. And so two phases in your marketing, as I always say, first phase is saturation. Get everybody in your neighborhood, get their attention through all the mediums. And then second phase is reach for the room and become in more often. 
you know, so on a regular basis, you're going to spend as much money on marketing as it takes in order to first get as many people's attention as possible, and that might mean you invest 10 grand in getting everybody's attention, and then grow your income exponentially, double your income, whatever it is, and then focus on researching them. So on a monthly basis, you know, some people would say that you want to spend five to ten percent also of your gross income. So you know, if you're making I think 5% is more reasonable in this industry, considering some of the free mediums that you have. But on a regular basis, you know, we would spend $1,500, $2,000 a month marketing our business because you got to get people's attention. You got to get, you got to stay relevant. You got to continue to keep people's attention in order to make sure your business is sustainable. So invest, and it also depends on the business model. Obviously, if you're in a business model where you don't have a storefront and people aren't stopping by, and the only way that you get people's attention is through online ads, you know, our consulting business is kind of like that. We spend a lot more on marketing than we would with a storefront because it's different. And the same thing if you're doing online delivery, lunch programs, you know, you need to be heavy in the marketing because you don't have the, the, the free marketing, and I shouldn't even call it free because you're paying for the rent, but you don't have people driving by to become aware of your store. You're strictly a digital business, so you gotta really focus on that in the first phase and long term. So, um, yeah, you can make a good amount of money in this business, but it's all about scale, you know, We'll make more money if we have two stores and three stores, and, and there's really no limit. But per store, I would say like average, a good amount of money that you should be making, just as far as industry average and what we've seen, you want to be upwards of $400,000 per year. And then, you know, look at your net income of around 25%. Um, give or take, you might be 20%, you might be 30%. It's going to depend on what products you sell the most of because there's, you know, usually better margins and things like tomatoes and acai bowls than there is fruits. So... Um, yeah, there's a lot to, to, to consider, and, and as always, reach out to me if you guys need support. This is Andrew McFarlane with the G-Spot Experts Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. See you guys at the next episode. <laughs>